So Joe, Bobby brought us an idea, huh? He did, and I, I got to say I love it. I'm like very excited for this one. It's good, a little game show time. Yeah. We're back in the office, uh, a little quieter here, no bakeries to be guest upon. Ton of trash talk, though. Yeah. Been There's not been that much. Talk I was careful office. to not, but uh, there could be now. I mean, we could go that route. I don't know. Yeah, so Matt Ottinger is going to be our guest. People might not know that name, but I bet they know Quiz Busters. Busters from WKR. Matt was the host of that show for 29 years as the high school kids came in. He's going to talk to us a little bit about game shows, about quiz busters, about how the show worked, um, his favorite game show hosts, and then it's going to get crazy because we are going to play some quiz busters. We're going to have the first cold oatmeal bowl, boys against the girls. We have a special guest sitting in and Matt, Matt Ottinger is our guest. You listen to the cold oatmeal podcast. Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering. Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humbry? No, 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 no. I, mean, I, I love Sarah. I would like to be a part of the intro. I think that right. would be nice. Well, why don't we work that little line in? That was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll find a spot for it. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like, fruit to disgusting, like 1 to 10, it's got some disgusting stuff in there for you. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... <laughs> Okay, welcome back. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and I'm Matt Resch, um, owner of Resch Strategies. Uh, Resch Strategies is a public affairs and it's a public relations firm in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, you can find us at reschstrategies.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook, on Instagram, at Resch Strategies. Um, all, of our iTunes, all of our podcasts are on iTunes and a lot of other platforms, so if iTunes or Apple Podcasts is not your thing, Lots of others. I don't know, Joe. Stitcher. Stitcher. There you That's go. There's one. It's on there. <laughs> so if you want to go find those, otherwise Apple Podcasts is a great place to find us. Our website's also a great place to find us. Um, if you go onto Apple Podcasts, we'd like you to rate us and review us, and you can just anticipate now this will be an episode worth a ranking and a rating, <laughs> yes. I, I predict. <laughs> I predict a lot of firsts, maybe a lot of lasts on this episode. <laughs> But we'll see. Um, also, one quick th- one to mention: um, our podcast is on Twitter as well at Cold Oatmeal Pod. Nikki, any polls from the last episode? Last episode, we were in Dewitt with Linda Hunt at the Sweet Delicious mm-hmm. Bakery. Yep. Any polls pop up from that? Yeah, we had a couple actually. Really? Um, the first was: Is Nick Delu a super taster? Obviously. And shockingly, sixty percent of the people say that you are. Thank you, America. So back, back <laughs> story, what is crap. a super taster? A super taster is made up. I think that's what we... <laughs> no. That's what we... <laughs> not at all. It's someone... It's supposed to be somebody who can taste every little thing in a, a piece of food. So you have a piece of pie and you can tell us everything that's in that pie. Every every spice, everything. So and it is, came up because Linda is a super taster. Right. And she's turned this talent into making world famous, nationally recognized... Championship pies. Right. 
I, you, I wonder if you, I might have, have the same talents. What have you used your talents for? To, re, to refine my own <laughs> everyday <laughs> selections at the dinner table. tell you what the best plain hamburger in all Absolutely. of Michigan is. <laughs> for sure. The meat, the cheese, the bun. The meat, the yep. cheese, and the bun. Because everything else offends his super palate. Yes. I, I wonder too much if, taste. if my taste buds are just a little too sensitive and I they're refined to such a point that you know run-of-the-mill Heinz ketchup just doesn't agree with me. You don't like ketchup? Depends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was, in the, what right. was the second one? The second one was: Does Matt Rush know how guessing actually works? And we are going to find out later that I do know what guessing <laughs> works. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm going to be guessing a lot. Well, 82 percent say no. Yeah. You don't. I didn't start last episode on on the highest of notes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I asked people listening on a podcast two days after the live event to guess where we were, even though none of them were there. Right. And none of them had the ability to guess as to where we were. Guess so. who our guest is today. Right. <laughs> Good so, luck. Strong start. We're off to a better start already. Let me go, go around. Um, we have a special guest and a special, special guest um, to announce because our good friend Laura Beal uh, called in sick. I think she's afraid. I think she's concocted a cold so that she does not have to be a part of this. But Steph I think lost. her and Nikki flipped a coin and Nikki lost. Yeah, I, think that's I what did. <laughs> so I'm here. <laughs> Steph, we'll why don't you get started? Oh, Stephanie Vancouvering. Uh, Nikki O'Meara. Joe Bashi. Nick DeLue. So sitting in Laura's seat, uh, the ladies and the team here, Stephanie and Nikki, got together this morning and they decided they had to find a ringer to come in because we're doing a little boys versus girl competition later in the episode little trivia game and so they called in my lovely wife Brenda Rash to sit in so I think it's just the intimidation factor of her sitting there staring at me that's going to be <laughs> <laughs> my game um, and if there's yes. a, and if there is a <laughs> Chaucer category I think that we are boys we're screwed because <laughs> Fine, we'll, we'll give that one up that's okay <laughs> so this is your first time on the podcast it is have you listened before no and then yeah I think I've heard of it yeah you've heard of it <laughs> Thanks for filling in. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. Yay. Thank you. Hey Happy girls, to have you. It's an honor to be asked. Have you quietly wished for a year and a half that your husband would ask you to come no. and sit in? No. Okay. No. I wondered. Because <laughs> your boys have been on. They've made several Oh, I know. But they're, yeah, they're very funny yeah. um, <laughs> m- most of the time. Um, <laughs> That's not what we hear on the Sugar. Office. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> That's now a refrain in our house, the sugar line. So... Well, welcome. No, Thank the boys you. are natural, yeah. so there must, you know, there must be talent. Must I think they get it from you. So. Well, we, let's get into our guest. Um, we do have, a, a, I think, a fun, a fun thing we're going to go uh, and do here in a few minutes, uh, and that will become clear in my, when I introduce who we have with us today. Um, since 1980, uh, Matt Ottinger has been a TV producer, a news anchor, a movie reviewer, a reporter, an announcer, and an interview. Uh, but I'm guessing that the role that Matt is probably most well-known for is for being the host of Quizbusters, uh, the high school quiz show that ran for 29 years on Michigan State University's public TV station, WKAR. Um, the show's 29-season run came to an end last year, but Matt is going to dust off some of his questions, <laughs> hopefully ones that we watched earlier today, watching reruns of the show so that we can get them right. 
Uh, I brought some buzzers with us, and he is going to allow us to all voluntarily make fools of ourselves um, before our our huge listening audience. So, Matt, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much, Matt. I'm looking forward to this. You guys sound like a lot of fun, and I think we're going to have a good time. Well, we will see. see. I got the hardest ones I could think of. I I pulled the hardest questions out of my head. Good. I watched. That makes for good radio. I think I was one of the last episodes. I was white, the kids from White Cloud versus the homeschoolers. All I was right. watching them this morning, and I got like halfway through, and I stopped it, and I walked into their office. And I don't, I'm going to get all of these wrong. First of all, if I knew them, I'm not going to do them fast enough to be able to answer. Those kids are insane. They're insane. It's incredible to watch. The world is called Quiz Bowl. Our show is Quiz Busters. The students do something called Quiz Bowl all year long, and it's in its own way, it's a sport, and they take it as seriously as as athletes would a sport. And they study, and they know what sorts of things we could ask. We never give them the material to study or anything. But you know, somebody has decided to know all the African capitals, and someone has decided to know in what order Shakespeare wrote his plays, and all of that crazy stuff. And we just try to figure out some entertaining way of, of uh, proving it out. Well, just to give you an idea of how our team has prepared today, um, <laughs> Joe has been walking around with headphones listening to like Eye of the Tiger and got to get psyched up. He refused to go out to lunch today because he didn't want to upset the delicate balance of his, of his nutrition. It would have been bad. It would have been bad. Was, he didn't, he want, I would have been slow. Would've, I would have been sluggish. It, Stephanie has been doing EU country capital flashcards all day. Perfect. So, I mean, yeah, we're taking this very seriously. We've put about 40 minutes of, of prep time. And so how did, how did Quiz Busters start 29 years ago? Well, it, it goes back a little further than that. In the 70s, WKAR had a show that they called, real exotic title here, High School Quiz Bowl. That's literally what the show was called. And it ran for a few years. Um, then, you know, shows get canceled. And throughout the 80s, there wasn't something. Around the late 80s, they decided to revive that idea uh, and we started putting things together. I mean, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I was not part of that. Uh, I did not work at the station. In fact, I was never really an employee of the station, even doing, doing the game. Um, but uh, I had volunteered there a lot. I worked on their auctions and their pledge breaks and so forth. And when they had auditions, I jumped up and down and said, please, please, please let me audition. I'm a huge <laughs> game show fan and had always wanted to do something like this, and I was lucky enough to get chosen. So at the beginning, was it hard? I mean, I guess not. If you, you said that the schools have been doing quiz bowl for a while, was it hard to get schools to jump into this at first, or was it? Originally, it was harder. Uh, back then, uh, it was not as widespread a thing mm-hmm. as it is now, nowadays. And uh, we would have schools. I mean, everybody got a sense of what we were talking about when we would approach them. Uh, but not nearly every school had a teacher who wanted to devote the time or uh, students who were interested, for that matter. Uh, but once, you know, first couple of seasons and they start seeing, oh, we get to be on television, that's a whole different thing. And uh, it didn't take long for us to get a good group together. Uh, we are, when we got our stride, when we got our footing, there were 64 schools. That's just how we did it. We just mm-hmm. did a simple 64-team tournament. And there would be waiting lists. If somebody dropped off for some reason, there'd be people that, that started. But to give you an idea, the first season, there were 36. So it was a little bit of a building process to get to 64. Okay. 
So did you develop all of the questions? How, how did the structure of the game come together? Well, it's, uh, boy, I could put as little or as much into this as, as you like. Uh, the, the concept of this sort of thing goes all the way back to a show called College Bowl, which was on uh, radio originally and in television in the 60s. Uh, the general idea that it's a school of students on one side and a school of students on another side, and you ask toss-up questions and you ask bonus questions, that's been around for a really long time. Every show like ours, and across the country there are other shows like ours, have their own little tweaks and spins and what have you uh, to, with their formats. Uh, I helped, I, strong, I was at the forefront, let's say, of developing ours because, again, I'm such a fan of the format and the genre. Uh, so early on I said, well, this would be fun, but what if we did this? And for, for example, and we'll, we'll do this today, uh, what if we stop at one point and instead of it being a team against a team, it'll just be one person against one person. And that way, if a team has a really, really good player, well, that person can't dominate this part because they'll only get their three questions and everybody else has to contribute. Adding things like that to it and coming up with our own unique spin uh, was what we did. But when I say unique spin, if somebody watches some other show, they say, well, that's just Quizbusters. They all look the same to the average person. But to those of us who take it seriously, oh my goodness, <laughs> we're very proud of our format as opposed to those people in their format. How much did the format change over the 29? Or was it pretty much the same? The whole Hardly any. Really? The 10th season, we introduced what we called the Quick 10, which were 10 fat, we'll do that again today, oh, no. uh, 10 fast <laughs> questions right off, this, right off the bat. Sort of so that we begin and end with a really quick round. Mm -hmm. uh, we start with 10 questions and then we end with the lightning round, which just goes for a minute. We ask as many as we can. But we added that, tenth, that 10 question start in our 10th season. And other than that, you know, we, we, we had regular bonus questions. We started introducing video bonus questions where we'd show a clip of something or somebody would be out on location. Audio questions where we'd play a sound effect or a speech and you'd have to identify it. Things like that. But the structure of the show stayed pretty much the same throughout the whole, whole period. What are some of your favorite quiz shows, game shows that you've watched that you really enjoyed? Well, I was on Jeopardy. Oh, right. No, yes, you were on Jeopardy. Is that one of your faves? I, a long time ago. And so, of course, Jeopardy. If, if, yeah. if you're a fan of questions and answers, yeah. Jeopardy, of That's course, is the gold standard. Uh, a game called Pyramid, a variety of dollar it's values. It's on right now. Is the $100,000 Pyramid in the summer times. Uh, that's a, just a wonderfully clever uh, word mm -hmm. game. It's a completely different mindset, a whole different way of exercising what you can do. Uh, and people who are good at that may not necessarily be good at Jeopardy. And people who are good at one aren't necessarily good at the other. I like the games that were on television that are actually games, like Pyramid was. Uh, there's a show called Concentration. Uh, most of you are probably too young. I think I remember that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, matching matching pieces, and then there'd be a rebus behind it, and if you could solve the rebus, then you would get whatever prizes you had yeah. okay. collected. My parents tell me I watched that one from my playpen. Oh, uh, this was on in the '60s. I would have been, you know, three, four, five, six years old, and uh, even back then was a huge fan. The show was revived up in as early as the '80s with Alex Trebek, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, as oh, the host. Uh, other shows that would just be far too obscure to even bring up you just things you'd never heard of bill cullen uh was a host in the actually his career goes back to the 40s bill cullen was my hero and he always was the host of the most interesting clever and twisty little games turns out it was a producer named bob stewart who was creating all of these games bob stewart created uh pyramid for example bob stewart created the original version of the price is right 
which Bill Cullen oh. was the host of. Bob Stewart created To Tell the Truth and Password and wow. so many crazy famous games. Just had a really wonderful knack for coming up with nifty ideas. So any show that Bill Cullen hosted was always one of my favorites. You were on Jeopardy during the Ken Jennings run, weren't you? Right. The, you were, uh, now the, the second yeah, most right. intimidating run of all time, huh? <laughs> I was going to ask you, Ken Jennings versus the new guy, who well, do you got? The thing I wanted to ask you, you had him down well, at the halftime. You were winning. I was ahead at the halftime. Uh, yeah. Everybody says you've got to be able to be really good at two things when you play Jeopardy. One is you have to know the stuff. You have to know the answers to the questions. The other thing is you've got to be able to play that buzzer just right. Uh, you see a flash of light and you have to click the buzzer and you have to really anticipate that light because it's really who, com who comes down to getting it first. And I'll explain this now. I was really good at the buzzer. In fact, he and I talked later. We've, we've stayed a little bit in touch. I was better at the buzzer than he was. And that's why in the first round where the questions are kind of easier, I knew more of them. And since I was better at the buzzer, I was getting in there faster. I was getting the answers. I was ahead. Mm -hmm. Second round... Oh, these are harder. <laughs> at that point, he had a greater depth of knowledge. And while I was still pretty good at the buzzer when I knew things, he simply knew more than I did in the second half. And that's what that, that was my downfall. Yeah. Well, so I, I assume that aired well after you filmed it, right? So did, oh, sure. when you went in, did you was Ken Jennings a thing yet? Was no. he on like Jeopardy message boards? Like, who's this guy's going to scare you? Like, Not at all. You had no idea? Uh, to go back a ways, uh, originally when you were on Jeopardy, you were on five days and then you were retired undefeated and okay. you came back and played in a tournament of champions. Uh, they had fairly recently lifted that rule. It was just a year or two ago that they had lifted that rule and nobody had dominated. Okay, somebody might have won seven or eight games or nine or ten. No one had gone on a tear like he had. When I got to the studio along with all the people who were going to be taping that, that week's worth of games that day, uh, we were introduced to this guy. His shows had not started airing yet. Nobody had heard of him. And at that point, he had won 14 games, which at the time was just mind-blowing that anybody could put together a string of 14 games. Right. Holy cow. And, of course, he went on to do 70-something, and this current guy is way over 14 now, I guess. Uh, but at the time, it was like, oh, my goodness, he's won 14 games. He's, he's a killer. And uh, I was just part of that. Sort of a little bit of fame, I guess. Sort of, I was, I, was, I was part of history. What does he do now? Do you know? He is professionally Ken Jennings. He, he, is, he writes he books. He makes okay. appearances. He does. He does wow. speeches. Yeah, he's. You can follow him on Twitter. Yeah, you can. Okay. That's right. So, do you do you play board games at home? Uh, not a lot. No, my wife, strangely, not as interested in this kind of stuff. <laughs> really? So you I, have a hard time finding people to play with you? Pretty much. I have a collection. <laughs> I have a collection of board games uh -huh. that don't get played. I have a collection that is that are board games that are based on game shows, TV game shows, not just a TV show. I don't have the board game of 24, but I have the board game of all these other shows that I've mentioned. Uh, used to be that was the going away prize. If you lost the game, you get a copy of our home game. Right. And, and, and yeah, and I have pretty much all the copies of the home games. Wow. It sounds like 500 pieces in my collection. Do you do you have to let your neighbors win every now and again? Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Bosses, oh, I had bosses who wanted to play me. That was tricky. Yeah. <laughs> that was tricky. So if you, were, if you were named executive producer of whatever the, the hottest new game show, and you could, you could pick any host in the history of game show hosting, 
Who would who would you pick? Was well, it the, the, the fellow I mentioned? Yes. Yeah. If you're going to say in the history of game shows ever, then this fellow Bill Cullen. Mm-hmm. And as long as you started the show by plugging your your social media, BillCullen.net okay. is my website about this guy, <laughs> and oh, it, it, cool. it, it's, it goes through his entire career, which was some uh, two dozen different game shows, some of which lasted a really long time. He was the original host, as I said, of The Price Is Right. Uh, and that ran for 10 years. And primetime television, this was a huge deal back, back in, the, in, the, in that era, was on panel shows, things like To Tell the Truth and I've Got a Secret, uh, and just had a real good knack for running the game and being funny and let the, letting the contestants shine, which is something we always tried to do on Quizbusters. Mm-hmm. They never introduced me as the star of Quizbusters. I was the host of Quizbusters mm-hmm. because the students were the stars of Quizbusters. They were the ones that people were, were tuning in to see, and watching them do well was what the show was all about. So Bill Cullen would be my, my number one guy. Of the current people, I'm a real fan of Pat Sajak. Yeah. He's very clever. He doesn't really get a chance to do a lot on Wheel of Fortune. It's a pretty simple game to host, even more so than Trebek. You know, Trebek is reading all the time. Mm-hmm. Sajak doesn't even have to do that. Mm-hmm. He just waits for the wheel to stop and says, there are three Vs. You know, and that, and that's it. <laughs> I've heard inter- radio interviews with Pat Sajak, and you're absolutely right. You would not expect him to be as funny and as clever as he is. Very sharp, yeah. very funny, very clever fellow. So we were actually Brenda and I were talking about this last night when I were talking that this was going to happen because she had seen recently the article about Alex Trebek and his his cancer. Yes. Um, Sajak and Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy and Alex Trebek. Those so much about those games are tied up in those two individuals. Absolutely. Do you what do you think if if he if Alex retires or God forbid gets too sick to be able to do it does Jeopardy go on oh sure you think so they'll they'll do it now whether it's successful right whether whether we keep tuning in and whether that's the beginning of the end we'll just have to wait and see but the corporate decision making the money the show makes a lot of money and frankly they'll hire somebody that they're not paying as much as they paid Alex (laughs) and they'll make a little bit more money that way so absolutely but both uh say Jack and Trebek if they ever decide to rest on their laurels which they've certainly earned the shows will continue to try to uh, bring somebody in who that person will be is the great mystery especially mm-hmm. with Jeopardy especially given the relative immediacy of Alex's news and now the the what had just sort of been idle chatter is now taken a little bit more seriously that's got to be Drew Carey or Howie Mandel, one of those two. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this uh, tendency lately to bring on comedians as hosts is a relatively modern invention. It used to be that game show host was a profession, and people mm-hmm. like Bill Cullen, who couldn't get up and stand up and do you know, 20 minutes in a nightclub, could run a game in a way that maybe these guys aren't necessarily as good at, and at some point, we've just decided that that wasn't really as important. That is, if they're clever and funny and outgoing, that was plenty. Yeah. So now you've got your Drews and your Howies and your, and your Wayne Brady's and, and Jeff Foxworthy has hosted games and, and, and all these different people that are coming from a different world and becoming game show hosts as opposed to it being something that you worked on doing. Mm-hmm. What's the hardest part about it? <laughs> One of the things I say about about... Uh, my limited effort at this, my, my limited skill set, is that a good game show host has to be responsible, has to keep in his mind about seven different things at the same time. And I'm good for about three. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, the hardest part is making sure the game is flowing correctly. 
it's easy to get wrapped up in talking to a contestant and bringing, and if you're a good interviewer, bringing a contestant out. It's there are certain things it's easy to do, throw to a commercial or, or or what have you, but making sure that the game plays in the right order and that the payoff is exciting, that that mm-hmm. you're that you're building, 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 and that that moment when it happens, the audience goes nuts. I'm mm-hmm. thinking specifically of of uh, the Price is Right in that case because they're always they're playing six or seven different games throughout the you know, every every commercial break you come back you're playing some different game it was very hard for drew originally when bob barker retired again a, a legendary person who was a game show yeah. host that was what he did yeah. uh when drew came on people had to teach him how all this worked and if you followed the show closely you were kind of disappointed that it wasn't paying off in the way that Bob Barker could make it pay off. Hmm. And some of that was seen as sour grapes. People just missed Bob and who's this new guy? Well, we know who he is. He's famous. But uh, you know, why, why does he think he's doing hosting the show? Drew has come a long way. And right now it's Drew Carey's show. It's been 10 years. Isn't that amazing? It's wow. been 10 yeah. years that Drew mm-hmm. Carey has hosted uh, The Price is Right. And he's gotten better at it. And, and now he hits those beats and he makes that he makes it sound exciting every single time. So when you look back over the years of, of Quizbusters, uh-huh. what what stories stick out to you? What funny things happen? What what upsetting things happen? You know, now that I'm a little distant from it, I can remember the beginning very, very vividly, and I can remember the end very, very vividly. And in between, there's 29 years of blur. <laughs> I do know that uh, the, the pop quiz is where the fun is for me. That's the one that will play the one-on-one game. And we typically, you, you're given the what the letters, what the answers start with. That's usually my favorite place where things go wrong. Mm-hmm. We, we had this. <laughs> oh, great. We had, I, I think we'll be okay today. We've had, I'll give you examples that you're not going to make these mistakes. We had AF. Everything's going to begin with AF. And the, and the clue is the dark continent. Africa. There you go. It's like the only one that starts with AF. <laughs> and there are only seven of them. And yet two different people didn't buzz in neither one of them buzzed in they were you know, talking about shell shock it happens right. yeah. that, that, that you know you can attribute that to nerves to some degree but then they come back and get the next one so whatever mm-hmm. uh we had one the letters are c-o-n this is a little harder it's the capital i hope i'm right it's the capital of new hampshire concord, concord. okay the kid slammed on his buzzer extremely confident almost just stood up and said Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you can see where the mind went. You can say, oh, he's right with the letters and he's geographically in the right neighborhood. (laughs) But it just went the wrong way. And it it was just one of those twisty, weird little things that happened. I've got another great example. It wasn't a funny thing that happened, but uh, we started playing QB Junior with middle schoolers, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And naturally the questions were a little bit easier on the other hand there are specific terms and things that the students are studying that i know that they're going to know so we had this marvelous elaborate toss-up question where we have it's it's a longer question and we start with the harder clues and it gets easier and 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 we're looking for an italian mathematician who developed a sequence of numbers and so forth and so on and so on the answer is fibonacci and you may or may not know that Fibonacci was a real person, but there's something called the Fibonacci sequence. There's a seventh grader who knows that? See, that's the, that's the beauty. This is the beauty of it. They study that very thing yeah. at certain yeah. levels of, of, of math. And some kid, some kid slammed on his buzzer, Fibonacci. 
there was audible gasping from the audience. They were just so blown away <laughs> by the fact that a kid would know something that they clearly didn't know. You know, they're, they're sitting yeah. back and, you know, the parents, they know these things. You know, it's, it's, it's easier for them. But then we gave them something that was something they didn't know and the kids did know, blew them out of the water. That was one of my wow. favorite moments. That's cool. Wow, that is fun. Well, I think we're going to have a lot of examples of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Audible gasping. Audible gasping. <laughs> Things that the kids know that we don't know. Um, we will. <laughs> so hopefully you brought the junior quiz bowl with you. Well, I, uh, I, I don't know if I should Fibonacci tell you where this would, came from or not, lost, but, but it's not it's not the regular high school material. Okay. But, okay. It's, no, but it's also not the junior material. I'll say okay. that too. Okay. It's the remedial. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. So this will be the inaugural, the first ever um, maybe historic cold oatmeal bowl that we're going to be doing here. We're going to do a little, do a little boys versus girls. Nikki, Stephanie, Brenda against me and Nick and Joe. Matt's going to help us out. So we'll be right back. Buckle up. From 2:30 North Washington Studios, it's time for the game where sharp minds and nimble fingers prevail. It's time for the game pitting longtime friends, colleagues, and loved ones against each other in a battle grounded in knowledge, speed, and teamwork. Who started their day with the kind of balanced breakfast that fuels victory? It's time to find out on the Cold Oatmeal Bowl. Now, here's your host, Matt Ottinger. Well, thank you, Bob Olson, and welcome to the first inaugural, if you will, Cold Oatmeal Bowl. I'm very excited. That we're going to do giggling already. I'm very excited Somebody's that we're going excited. to do this. We're going to do an abbreviated version of Quizbusters, and we're going to do all the elements that Quizbusters has in it. The first part of the game is what we call the quick ten. Ten toss-up questions. Buzz in when you think you know. There's no penalty for a wrong answer, but if you're wrong, the other team gets a chance to answer. Okay? Oh, there's a penalty for wrong answers. There's definitely a penalty. I'm being told by the boss that there's definitely a penalty for wrong answers. On his team. Yeah. So if everybody's ready. Hands on buzzers. The quick 10 begins with question one. A Spanish phrase meaning fair winds is the name of what capital of Argentina? That's uh, Joe. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Yes. That's right. 10 points for the men. <laughs> question two. Upperclassmen at West Point are called cadets. What is the equivalent term for upper... That's Joe. Midshipman. Upperclassman at the Naval Academy. That was finished. The That's question. Right. No, you don't have to. Don't you, have buzz to in. <laughs> you buzz in when you think you know. I'm just going to sit the rest of this out, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question three. What artist who released the 2013 album Art Pop is also, that is Nikki. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, responsible for the fame <laughs> monster. You got your pop question. Yes. <laughs> question four. In what seven-on-seven Olympic sport do players frequently use an egg-beater kick in order to stay in, that is Joe. Water polo. Stay in place in the pool. That's right. Water polo. Question five. A crop duster chasing Cary Grant into a cornfield. That is Stephanie. North by Northwest. Iconic scene in North by Northwest. Question six. What is three cubed? Joe? Nine. No, I'm oh. sorry. That's wrong. I'll clear that. Ladies, anybody want to? Three wanna... times three is nine times three, uh, 27. 27 is the right answer. That's good for 10 points. We have a tie it game. It was a math one, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed. Go, Stephanie. <laughs> Question seven. Who used the capsule Friendship 7 to become the first American to orbit the Earth? Joe? Glenn. Glenn is right. John Glenn. 
Question eight. Woody Guthrie was born in 1912 and named after what man who at the time was a presidential candidate? I'm sorry, Brenda. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, Woody Guthrie. That's exactly right. Question nine. The Battle of New Orleans was the final major battle of what conflict? Uh, that's Nick. Uh, War of 1812. War of 1812 actually took place, that battle, in 1815. Yeah. Question 10. In the original story by Carlo Collodi, a thousand woodpeckers pecked on whose nose until it was... That is Stephanie. Pinocchio. Pinocchio is right until it was reduced to its original size. Lots of applause. This is when the And hey, five for the women, five for the men. I didn't do a single one. I didn't even try. Cindy Brady. So now, now we do the general toss-ups. The general toss-ups are longer. And what what happens, I don't explain this in such detail on the show, of course. Uh, they're usually like a paragraph. They're going to start off with some really obscure information. They're going to get easier as they go. You've got to figure out your comfort level when you think you've got it solved and you can, you can buzz in with the right answer. As always, it's 10 points when you're right, but now you'll get control of a bonus category for your team. As always, if you're wrong, the other team gets a chance to answer. And if you interrupt it, I get to read them more stuff, and there's easier stuff at the end of the question. Okay? Okay. So don't buzz too early. This is not one-on-one. It's team stuff. Team stuff. Team stuff. Right. Okay, right. midshipmen. <laughs> <laughs> So we're set. We'll break the tie with this toss-up question. The source of this month's name is uncertain, but it probably comes from the Latin meaning to open. Not surprisingly, it is officially National Humor Month. The Masters Golf Tournament is played. That is Joe. April. Is in April. That's right. For 10 points and control of the category. It's going to say Arbor Day, Earth Day, and the spring month and daylight savings time. Okay, <laughs> gentlemen, now you put your heads together. Joe, you're doing such a good job. I've just designated you Should captain. we just let Joe okay. do it? <laughs> the category is the Spartans. Okay, well, I'm Nick. All right, let's go. <laughs> Not Michigan the State real sponsors. Ones? Spartans. Answer mm-hmm. these okay. questions about the ancient city-state of Sparta. Oh, good. Do we have to buzz in? No, no, you no don't we have get to buzz in. You don't have to buzz Oh, we confer and okay. give me an answer. Okay. Between 431 and 404 BC, Sparta was the principal enemy of Athens during what war named for the large peninsula where Sparta was located? The Peloponnesian War? The Peloponnesian War is right for 10. Can you read slower so I can Google? (laughs) (laughs) King Leonidas of Sparta led a legendary last stand at the Battle of Thermopylae with an army that famously included how many Spartans? 300. The 300, that's right. And now this one is the harder one for 20 points. Sparta's prominent role in Greece was shattered following the Battle of Leuctra in 371 BC. Sparta's defeat came at the hands of forces from what nearby Greek city-state? Got anything? And this is where I would say I need an answer. Troy? Thebes. Mm. Thebes oh. is the answer. But I'm you got sorry. 20 Those 20 points, points are going to go to us. Nick, we <laughs> sweep the bonus. You've got 80 <laughs> points and a 30-point lead, and now we reset. And I have 30 a new point toss-up lead. question. New toss-up question. Everybody's in now. Okay. Oh, so we, we buzz. Okay. You buzz now. Native Americans called this, this fierce animal the evil one. It can use its teeth and sharp claws to topple animals 10 times its own size. Found in the forests and tundra of North America and Europe, its eyesight is poor, but its sense of smell is keen, making it a dangerous nighttime hunter. What is this largest member of the weasel family? That is Nick. 
It's a Wolverine. It's a Wolverine. That's right. The namesake of the mutant played by Hugh Jackman and, of course, the... the School tour. So with this, so if nervous. we buzz and we get it wrong, they got they would have gotten to hear the mutant played they by get to hear the rest of it. Hugh Jackman and the, the <laughs> University it. of Michigan, and they would have gotten it. The, these are always written so that if you buzz in early, the other and you're wrong, the other team's gonna get it right. because they're really really easy at that point. Got it. One of my favorite bonus categories I've ever used: shades of yellow paper. Oh my okay. goodness! Shades <laughs> of yellow paper. What birds were once regularly used in coal mining as an early warning system because toxic gases would affect the birds before becoming a hazard to miners? The canary. Hey, no, 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 we're in no hurry here. That's right. Um, <laughs> Calm it's down. The state flower for Kentucky and Nebraska, and the state wildflower for South Carolina. Name it. A yellow flower. Dogwood. That's what you come up with. I don't. Isn't it yellow? No, it's white. A daisy? A daisy's yellow. No, it's not. I need an answer. (laughs) A daisy. Do the women know it? Goldenrod. Mm. Goldenrod is a shade of yellow paper. I think Stephanie was interfering. (laughs) (laughs) I was helping you. One more of these, then one more of these. One more of these for control, and then we'll do the pop quiz. Okay. All right. In his early, everybody's in. In his early years, he worked with producer Irwin Allen on TV series such as Lost in Space, as well as movies such as The Poseidon Adventure. He has won three Emmy Awards, five Oscars, and 20 Grammy Awards. And today, his most famous association was with director Steven Spielberg. Name this man who has written scores of. That is Matt. My first one. John Williams. John Williams is right. Scores of <laughs> right. themes and scores, of course, yes. is, the trick, is, the, is the word there to key on. Um, where am I here? So like I said, oh, the category is people named Leroy Brown. All right. I love specific <laughs> categories. Bad, bad Leroy Brown was a number one hit in 1973 for what singer-songwriter? Oh, crap. Um, Do we get it? I, no, I know this. You don't get it uh, if they miss it. Darn <laughs> Yes, thank you. Jim Croce. Jim Croce is right. Oh, it took you way too long. In the stories by Donald Sobel, S-O-B-O-L, what was the unusual nickname of young detective Leroy Brown? I've never, I don't, I've never read this. I don't know. It's encyclopedia. Encyclopedia? Encyclopedia? He was encyclopedia. <laughs> oh, Brown. Nice. 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 Sorry, Matt. <laughs> And at, oh, I'm sorry. Was there, was there were there were there things happening there that she I missed? <laughs> I knew it before helping. you nodded. <laughs> the other team for twenty. An athlete named Leroy Brown won a silver medal for the high jump in the 1924 Olympic Games. 1924 Olympic Games held in what European city? Is that the Paris? I don't know. Do you have a guess? That's a good guess. Do you have one? I, I don't have anything better. Paris? It's an exceptional guess. It's right for 20 right. points and the control of the guess <laughs> and a sweep of the category. Very good. Damn. One Very good. We like this guess. Yeah. All right. The men are starting to run away with things, but now we're going to play a pop quiz. Oh, my goodness. Which means you're each going to play one-on-one against the person across from you. We're going to answer, answer three questions. Wonderful. Uh, same rules apply, but be the first one to buzz in. But only the two that are playing are the, are the ones that were that – were that, everybody else hands off your buzzers. Now, usually they start with a certain number of letters. I tell you that they start with the, like three letters. Everything here is going to start with the word green. Okay? Everything is green something. Okay. Green. And we're going to start with Brenda and Matt oh facing boy. off against each other. So let's see what going happens. Going down. <laughs> here we go. First one. 
The object waved to indicate the start or the resumption. Brenda. Green flag. Green flag is right. Next. The character played by Hugh Branham, the assistant and sidekick to Bob Keeshan on the long-running children's show, Captain Kangaroo. Green jeans. Green jeans. Mr. Green jeans is right. And your third question. This will break that tie. (laughs) The informal two-word name for a permanent visa permitting that, Matt? Green card. Green card. (laughs) (laughs) That was where that buzzer came into play. Who can hit the buzzer fastest? Moving to Stephanie now and Nick. Stephanie and Nick, here are your questions. Okay. The non-governmental international organization of activists... Greenpeace. Greenpeace is right, Nick. Very well done. Next. A hit 1962 soul instrumental by Booker T and the MGs or Scallions. Green Onions. Green Onions is right. Very good. And again, we'll break (laughs) one each. Let's see who wins it. The slang term used to describe any inexperienced person. Used originally by Nick Greenhorn. Greenhorn used originally by ranchers was the last word there. Look at the look on his face. I know. Just in the zone. Sweet vindication. <laughs> and now Nikki and Joe are going to face off. Here we go. Nikki. <laughs> the serialized novel written by Stephen King about a death row inmate. That's Nikki. Green Mile. Green Mile is right. Next. The volunteer militia under the command of Ethan Allen, who fought in the Revolutionary War. Who? No? Uh, Joe? The Green Boys? No, I'm sorry, that's not right. Nikki, anything? Uh, green Beret? They're the Green Mountain Boys. <laughs> green Mountain Boys is who they were. Final question. The gift of being successful at gardening. Joe? Green thumb. Green thumb is the right answer. All right, very good. One to one. Let's do one more toss-up and bonus, and then we'll do the lightning round and be done. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Uh, everybody's back in. All six of you are back in for this toss-up question. While writer Bill Finger is his forgotten co-creator, today only the artist Bob Kane receives official credit. That ba- is Batman. Nick. Batman. Batman is right. Oh, <laughs> he's right there. Um, mascots this time. Oh, yes. Mascots. Ready for some mascots? <laughs> this is one where we discuss. You discuss them. Uh, Bill the Goat, both a live goat and a costumed character, is the mascot for which of our armed service, services academies? You know, this is a bear. No, it's, it's, either, it's either the Navy or the Army. Uh, do you know? It wouldn't be the Navy, would it? I don't think that we have a chance. I think okay. it's the Navy. No, okay, no. The Naval Academy? It's the Naval Academy. That's right. For 10 next. In late 2011, Truman the Tiger broke the crystal trophy awarded to the winner of that year's Independence Bowl while posing for a picture. Truman the Tiger is the mascot of which university which ended up winning that year? What year was it? Uh, 2011. Truman the Tiger. Is it Clemson? Clemson. Clemson's the Tiger. Well, they're the Tigers. What about Auburn? Auburn. The national championship? Yeah, they won once. Did they? Yes. He needs an answer. (laughs) TikTok. Are the, is Auburn the Tigers? Auburn. It's not Auburn. There's a lot of Tigers. The clue was Truman. <coughs> it's Missouri. Oh. It's Missouri. Harry Truman's home state. The mascot okay. was named after the president. Oh, the Independence Bowl. Oh, Independence Bowl. Bowl. No. Yeah. Well, we can talk about this all night. <laughs> but 
<laughs> it's time to play the lightning round. All right. Oh. I, I, need a, I need a clock. I, How's this work? I tell you, 60 seconds of toss-up questions. We're going to go very quickly through them, and then you just buzz in, and I'll call on you, and you answer, and, and if you're right, you get 10, and if you're wrong, you lose 10, so oh, that's no, no good. Oof. What? Yes. Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't have 10 points to lose. Very, very quickly, I'll tell you. Now. Whoa! <laughs> that was always our fear, because it's the only part where you lose points, and if some team had done really poorly and had like 20 or 30, we were always afraid that they would go negative. It's, it mm. never happened in 29 years. Oh, and we might go was, negative. There had yeah. to be a there had to be a, a, a disincentive to buzz in and not answer because you could maintain a lead mm. by buzzing in and not answering. So yeah. we made you lose points. That's, that mm. was why. That's, there you go. A little bit of history of Quizbusters. <laughs> so anyway, 60 seconds on the clock. Oh, this will be very tricky to pull off. Okay. The lightning round begins now. What naturalist aboard the HMS Beagle is famous for his theory? Stephanie? Darwin. Right. What is one quarter of 1,000? Matt. 250. Right. Yes. <laughs> what doll introduced in 1959 is the main product of the Mattel toy, uh, Joe? Barbie. Right. By number, which two pins constitute the most difficult split in bowling? Uh, Joe? 710. 710 is right. Uh, what fa Which fairy tale character spun straw into uh, Brenda? <laughs> Sleeping it was Nikki. No, oh, oh, no, it was it was one. It oh, was I'm one. Sorry. It was Brenda. <laughs> and it was not Sleeping Beauty. That's wrong. We go down 10. No, clear oh. that. Next question. With what planet is something associated if it is Jovian? Uh, Nick. Jupiter. Jupiter is right. What television character of the 1960s was played by Jim Neighbors? Matt. Comer Pyle. Right. One more question. What race takes place on the first Saturday in May each? Matt. Kentucky Derby. Each year in Louisville, Kentucky Derby is right. Oh, you yes. got so lucky. <laughs> well, I wasn't keeping really, really, really close score, but I'm seeing a whole lot more marks for the guys than I am for the for the for the ladies. So I'm I think the guys have taken it. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. That was fun. I got more than two. I'm happy. We won't yeah. vote. Now let me tell you real quickly because I said that these were not the regular questions, nor were they. Uh, junior questions we for a few years did what we called Quizbusters special edition where we invited local media people to come and be mm. the players and these were some uh. of the pieces of material mm. that we wrote for them mm. and we actually had Sparty with us one time which was the reason for the Spart Spartan question and the mascot questions well, thank you. I haven't had a chance to do this for a while. It was fun. That was great. Yeah. It's definitely thank been the most so fun podcast we've done. Yes. Oh, that, I love You're hearing that. You're just saying that because you won. Yes. Wait, Wait well, till I tell Deb true. Hart you said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Deb. Deb so, was great, too. So Matt Ottinger has been our guest. He is the, the longtime host of Quiz Busters on KAR. Uh, we'll be right back. Joe, you have a very satisfied look on your face down there. Is this lived up to all the hype? I had all the fun. Hope? I had fun. I mean, it was just fun to do. I, yes. I will great. say that one on one, he did not kick my butt. I didn't. It's true. I, I was didn't. really I'm scared. Very happy how, about when, that. when the game got to the end of the table, I was a little afraid how it was going to play out. I was ready. Yep. Who the hell knows the Green Mountain Boys though? That was. I didn't. I didn't. Did you know that? I knew that one. Wow. Okay. Well. No, I knew a lot of the questions you guys got. Did you? Yeah. I did. I which is why I interfered. <laughs> Which is why you're what? I interfered. Oh. I was nodding yeah. and telling you she answers. She was helping them. That's why you won. I didn't catch any of that. You were just in the zone. 
You had the yeah. game face on. I actually, so we're not in our normal podcasting space. We're in a conference room with a lot of windows. And I, I was just staring out the window. I was trying to focus on anything other than Stephanie. Because I, <laughs> I didn't want her to get in my head. Yeah, no, you got to get to that place mentally. Yeah. And you were definitely our, our bonus yeah. kind of muscle. So Yeah, but on the quick buzzer, Joe, you're a maniac. Yeah, we're a good team. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you had some. <laughs> that was also. No, Matt, Matt also added a couple critical ones that I. Go, Gomer Pyle. Derby. Gomer Pyle. I was going when he said May. I'm like Indy 500. Wait, no, yeah. that's not that early in May. <laughs> oh. You did math better than Joe. I did. Yeah, I blew that. Yeah, I knew that one, but I was like, that's too easy. <laughs> it should be 250. <laughs> I think 250. That might have been what, how many points we scored. Oh, stop. Shut oh, up. You know, we got robbed on the categories. We yeah, were, we did. We what were robbed this? on the categories. What yes. excuse? What was the excuse before we started you were laying down <laughs> in preparation? What was your excuse? I didn't have one. Yes, it did. I didn't need one. I was, no, I was laying at this. My excuse was lack of time because I've been so focused on our client work that I oh, had oh, yeah, oh. time to... takes their job very seriously. I, I yeah. do. But the, the thing is, I was expecting much more academic questions. I was ready for, yeah, you know, you me literature and math and, and mm-hmm. history and all of that stuff. And I'm instead, there was a lot of sports stuff. We discussed the Peloponnesian War. We discussed... Yeah. The War of 1812. We I don't think the mascot of the Missouri is considered sports question. That is a well, sports question. That's a sports related By the way, we got that one very wrong. We did. We were I thought, thought about Missouri. I was going to name Missouri. I was thinking of all the Tiger mascots. I, yeah, I, I think, I, like Nick, I just got lost in the question and what didn't, and didn't I was thinking didn't he, well enough. He dropped this, the, <laughs> the glass football. I was thinking national championship. That's about, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I don't think they don't want mascots. <laughs> they don't want mascots that close to the national championship trophy. We should have a trophy for this. <laughs> we should get one. Now that we want it, we should. Get yeah, it. no, we should, have, we should absolutely have one trophy. Well, we'll get a big bowl of cold oatmeal, yeah, which we will then go. dump. <laughs> that's that's the, on the your faces. <laughs> could be a good sport about it. <laughs> Well, this was fun. And Brenda, thank you for filling in for Laura. Yes, Laura's thank you very, very much. Laura, even though she faked her cold, I think, is, is bummed that she couldn't be here. So. Well, thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. Girls rule, boys drool. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> so Matt Ottinger was our guest. Uh, we had some fun with the game show. The boys won. And we'll talk to you next time on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Bye.